Hi, you're listening to Taming the Terminal Part 31 of N, SSH File Transfers. This series of discussions is based on a collection of tutorials I wrote over at bartb.ie forward slash ttt. This originally aired as part of an Asilicast episode 517 hosted at potfeet.com. I'm Bart Bouchotts, and the other voice you're about to hear is Alison Sheridan, host of the Nocillacast podcast. So where we left off is that we started off just running some commands on a remote computer. Then we learned how to do SSH key pairs to avoid having to type our password. And that's going to pay dividends today because we're going to issue about 50 SSH commands. and we're going to type our password not at all because oh. we did everything last week. Oh, before otherwise... I forget, Stephen Getz did that too. He tweeted, yes, uh, most recent chit-chat across the pond helped me get my SSH login into my Ubuntu server with PV, uh, private public keys instead of a password. Thanks, Bart and Allison. Yes. This solves, like anyone who has a home file server running Linux is going to love this kind of stuff. So there are lots of examples in the show notes because we're moving files. And the only way to do examples of moving files is to have some files and then to move them. So the very first thing we're going to do is create some dummy files that we're then going to jiggle around. So... Because everyone has a different username and everyone has a different computer name, we're going to use what we learned weeks and, well, months ago, years ago, about variables. And we're going to create a variable called SSH underscore user, where you're going to put in your username, and SSH underscore comp, where you're going to put in the IP address or the name of the computer you're going to use as your remote computer. And then for the rest of the show, it's going to be $SSH user and $SSH comp. And that way you can copy and paste the commands without having to change them each and every time. And it'll probably make language easier for you. <laughs> it will. Describing it. So the first thing I want you to do is copy and paste the, the, the two variable definitions, replacing my underscore remote underscore username with Allison, probably. And SSH underscore comp is where it says my underscore remote underscore computer with either the IP address of the Mac Mini, I believe you're going to, or the name. doesn't really matter. Just one of the ways you can connect. Okay, and here, here we're back to my constant problem, which is I need to go find the, um, the Did IP Did you not address. discover you could do it by name last time? Yeah, but I don't remember the name either. So hang on, though. Uh, <laughs> somebody showed me I could do, um, if you hold down, no, where is it? There you go. If you hold down the option key when you click on the Wi-Fi symbol, it shows you what your IP address is. Wish I could remember who sent me that because I've always been opening up system preference, going to network, going to TCP/IP, going to blah blah blah. Uh, yeah, see, I, I, I'm such a, a nice that menus user that I just use the network thing and nice that menus, and it says my IP and my public IP. Actually, no, it only says my public IP, which is usually what I want. Okay. Yeah, that that right click on your Wi-Fi thing is good. That's that's good, or not option click, isn't it? Option click. Yeah. Okay. I'm done. Okay, so you know where you're going. Yes. Okay, so if you a terminal window and paste those two definitions in. Got it. Okay. So SSH underscore user equals Allison, SSH underscore comp equals 10.0.1.2. Good. Okay, so hit enter on both of those. They're now, they're now variables in your shell. Don't close that terminal window or those variables go away. Oh, okay. That's good to know. I would have thought that was there forever. No, they're just in there for this session. Okay. So... Now we want to create some local dummy files. So the first command is just an mkdir and then a minus p to create all of the files at the path at once. We're going to stick our test files in a place that is going to work on everyone's computer. It's slash tmp, which is the temporary folder. And everyone has write access there. So this way I can copy and paste, everyone can copy and paste without having to change folder names. So that's oh. why we're working tmp. 
Okay. So are those, I see four separate lines. I see the make dir and then I see three echo lines. Are those three separate yeah. things I, I copy and paste, copy, paste, Four copy, separate paste? commands. So first we create a directory. Okay. Then we're going to create files by just echoing some text into some files. And then we have one local test directory and three local test files. Okay. So I'm making one that's going to say, hello world. Oops. It says, hello world, local text file one, hello world, local markdown file one, hello world, local markdown file two. Very imaginative. Okay, let's see. And paste number three. Wait. Oh, these are three. Wait, what are these files? They say hello world in them. And they, okay, so everything from the quote to the other quote, so they say hello world and then whatever's in brackets is also in the file. So you see the way there's a double quotation, so it says echo space quotation mark. Everything up until the next quotation mark is going to be in the file, and then there's an arrow to redirect the output into the file name. There we go. Okay. All right. So I, it's possible I have uh, created those three files. Okay. okay. Well, the command below it there, ls minus capital or slash tmp slash triple t31, is going to show you a recursive listing of that folder. So it's going to show you the files in the folder and then any files in the folder in the folder. Hmm. I'm really making you stretch back. This is going like back to issue like five or something. <laughs> okay. How come when I change directory... Wait. Oh. That's the change. What is... I know you didn't, but I tried that. Uh, so our first command was make dir minus p slash tmp slash ttt31 slash from remote. What is from remote? From remote is where we're going to copy stuff to from the other machine. So we're going to make dummy files on the other side too. We're sending files both ways. Is from remote a dire the directory we created though? Okay, so we created two directories in one. So slash tmp existed already. And then by giving it a minus p, we created triple t31 and from remote all at the same time. Ah, but we didn't put anything in from remote. Correct. Oh, that's what was confusing. So I changed directory into from remote and... There's nothing there. No, there's nothing there. Go back a level, you should find three files. Okay. What you might also want to do to watch along is you can open a terminal window in that location by just saying open that, you know, open space, that folder, enter, and a folder will pop up. And then you can watch files come and go in the finder as well, if you prefer Ooh. graphical. So a different finder, or do a different terminal window to do that? No, no, from where you are now, you can just type open space slash TMP slash triple T31, enter, and you know, a finder window will open. Oh, look at that. That's cool. You the open command before. rocks. <laughs> I have showed you that before because I adore the open command. Yeah, that's nice. Okay. All right, so I, I've got this new directory created, triple uh, E31, and I got three files in there. Okay, we're now going to do the same thing, the same concept. We're going to do it remotely. So you remember three installments ago that we can use SSH to issue a single command on a remote computer? Mm -hmm. So we're going to do that a few times. So okay. you can copy and paste each of those lines one by one. But what did they tell me what they do? So on they're this? going to create a fold they're going to create two folders again. Again, we're using slash TMP because it's a good place. Triple T31. And this time we're creating a folder called from local. So in other words, that's where we're going to send files the other way. Okay. So then we're creating uh, okay, Let me so go over what I'm seeing in the, in the variable. It, it, now using our variable name. So we instead of saying SSH Allison at 10.0.1.2, we're saying SSH dollar. Uh, SSH underscore user, because it's a variable name, at mm -hmm. $SSH underscore comp. 
Exactly. Okay. And then it's the same command, the make dir of this folder yeah. from local. Okay. Yes. Ooh, and then v- worked. And then very similar commands to create some files. And we're, we're creating two folders over there. So you'll see another MKD, three folders. You see three MKD or commands. I'm going to do something else, though. I want to, I want to open... Uh, Uh, you you want to do a file share and watch those files appear on the far side? I, I just, yeah, no, I, I want to see, I've got the machine right next to me. Ah, that's very convenient. So I just issued a command telling me to open, uh, and I typed it wrong. Ah, then it won't work. Yeah, hang on. It's good radio right here. There we go. Okay. <laughs> I want to see the file show up over there. Yes, so you should okay. see the folder should have showed up, and then as you do the other commands, the echo commands, you should see the files appear. So I'm going to copy-paste seven times here while people are bored out of their minds? I was going to say, yeah, the, 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 maybe you should edit out some empty space. <laughs> Actually, while you're copying that, I will say to the listeners okay. that we're creating all of these files. I have also included in the show notes a section called Tidying Up, where I've given you the two commands to remove all of this bunk we're creating. <laughs> so when you're when we're finished here, we can issue those two commands. Or if we make a complete mess of things and would like to start over, we can issue those two commands. Ah, good. Okay. So how's your copying? I'm going? getting there. That's, that's my filler time finished. <laughs> no, you got to do it uh, another sentence as long as that because I'm four of eight done. Okay. So well, I have the to other thing sideways is, on this. So thing. you're you're watching this uh, on the finder. So you're watching it on a GUI, which is fine. And users at home can do that too. But I've also included the SSH, the, the command to look at the remote file system over SSH. So it's SSH space dollar SSH underscore user at dollar SSH underscore comp. And then inside single quotes, LS minus capital or slash TMP slash triple T 31. So in other words, that's the same command running locally, but we're doing it over SSH. So if you're doing it all from the terminal, you can still watch the files appear and disappear using that command and the command above. Whereas Allison is watching in the GUI, which is also perfectly fine. Okay, so I just pasted eight commands in. Uh, the first one was the creating the directory, and then you created the... Uh, I created, created one remote text file called scp underscore remote.txt. Got it. And I made and then, you create another folder into which I put another two text files because one okay. of the things it's going to do is a recursive copy, so I need to have a folder with files. And then the next thing I made you do is make another directory, which we're going to back up. So it has another directory with another two files in it. Okay. So basically, we're going to, do, we're going to transfer single files each way, we're going to transfer a directory each way, and then we're going to do something called an or sync, which is going to do a synchronization. Sweet. Okay. So we need so, all this dummy data so we can actually move stuff around. Okay, so now on the remote machine, I've got a from local folder, an rsync folder, an scp folder, and a text file at that level, and there's crap inside the rsync and the scp folders. That is perfect. That is exactly what okay. we would like. Good. Okay. So we're now going to look at three different ways that we can move files around. And what they all have in common is that the the connection used is SSH, which has the advantage, A, it is secured because SSH encrypts everything, and B, it will use the keys we created last week. Hmm. So although the commands don't start SSH, they're all using SSH. And so we get all of that advantage. So the first one we're going to look at is called secure copy, and the command is SCP, so secure copy. And as you might guess by the name, it basically uses the same structure as the copy command cp, but it can do it across the network. So it's scp 
one or more source files to a destination, which is exactly the same as CP one or two files to a destination. So you might say, but Bart, how do I tell it I want it to go to another computer? Well, what you stick in front of the file name, if the file name is remote, is user at computer colon, and then the yeah. file name. Okay. And then it will know that that one's remote. And this, what, what's really cool is, so you can have the source be remote and the destination be local, or the source be local and the destination remote, or the source be one remote computer and the destination another remote computer. And SCP is perfectly happy in all those scenarios. So if I were to go from a local machine to a remote machine, I would say SCP local file, then uh, user... Base. Yeah, space user at uh, remote computer colon and the new location. Exactly. Okay. And if you wanted the other way, it would be user at remote computer colon the source and then the local destination. Right, right. So, and this is a pattern that will be in all three of the tools we see today. User at computer colon is how we specify remoteness. And that, that's consistent throughout all the commands, which is very convenient that they've decided to be so helpful. So we're going to do our first example is we're going to copy a remote file, which is called which is in on the remote computer in slash TMP slash triple T31 slash SCP underscore remote dot txt. And we're going to copy it to the local folder from remote. So there you see the command SCP dollar SSH underscore user at SSH underscore comp colon slash TMP slash blah two slash TMP slash blah. And we hit enter and you should see a progress bar very quickly because it's a teeny tiny file, and down <laughs> it should come. Didn't have time for a progress bar, but I was watching the finder window, and there it is. Okay. Uh, we can also go the other way. So the next command issue it does a move from local to remote. So you'll see that the first file name has no username at computer colon. It just has a file path. But the second one has the username at computer colon. So we're going local to remote. Okay. So and you run that one. From local, and it's empty right now. So this is basically says SCP, this file I have right here, to uh, user at, lo at uh, remote machine, call on, and then going into the from local. And I'm going to hit enter, and it's very exciting for the audience, I'm sure. It will appear. And nothing showed up. What? Should have gone from local, right? Right. Should have gone into from local. No. Didn't show Did you up. get an error message? No, I did not. Let's see. Let's read this. Definitely uh, no typos? As I can't typo. Well, if you typoed, yes. Uh, so I did secure copy, dollar uh, mm -hmm. SSH underscore user at dollar SSH. Oh, I think you copied and pasted. You're copying and pasting the wrong command. You forgot to scroll down. We're going local to remote, so it definitely shouldn't start like that. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. Wait. No. Oh, you know what? Sometimes the copy doesn't actually take. So I just did the same thing twice is what happened. Yeah, okay, no, so which will no, have done wait. nothing. No, wait, 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 wait. No, okay, it, so it yeah, it is SCP slash TMP slash triple T31 slash yeah, SCP underscore local one. The copy, it's selected, it is highlighted, and it's not copying when I'm saying right command C copy. twice. Try it again. Let's see. There we go. So now it's saying from TMP loc uh, local to the remote computer. And there it is. All right. Phew. I okay, so that was sometimes one... copy doesn't take, and I get what was in the copy buffer from before. I have that happen to me sometimes on Windows and on the Mac, and I would love to have someone explain to me why copying is so difficult. 
Invariably, it's, it's something like where you copied somebody's email address and you go to paste it into the email field address field, and instead it's like a paragraph you pulled from a document <laughs> that you just stuffed yeah. in there. Yeah, or you've tried to copy a variable name in a function and you've ended up pasting in five pages of an essay. <laughs> Thank goodness for Command Z. Yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. Okay, so, so far that was one little file at a time, but the great thing is because you can specify multiple sources to one destination, you can also use your star. So we're now going to copy the two markdown files to the, say, to the from local folder remote that's on their other computer. So scp slash tmp slash triple t31 slash star dot md is in other words all the markdown files to user at computer colon and the from local folder. And you should see those two files come over. That was exciting. It's more fun when it works. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so again, okay. So basically, all we said uh, was from uh, secure copy from this folder star.md, which is our two markdown okay. files, and we said to username at at computer colon and the location and boom. Exactly. So we're it's like the copy command, but over the network. And then the last thing I'm not going to mention every single flag SCP takes because well I've taught you how to use the man page. Uh, so if you need something, check the man page. It's quite likely to be there. But one flag I am going to mention is the minus or flag for recursive. In other words, to copy a whole folder, not a file. Oh. So we created a folder called SCP underscore folder that contains two files. So we're going to copy that whole folder across. So we're going to say... Okay, wait, S wait. I'm not going to even look. I'm, I'm actually not looking at the uh, notes. Let me okay, see. If, so can I see if I guess? Folder, Okay, this folder is on the remote computer. Right. So we're going to say SCP mm -hmm. space minus R for recursive. That's lowercase mm -hmm. r, right? Yes. And then we must have to say uh, our our variable name for user colon uh, computer. User at computer. Colon. Sorry, user at computer colon and then the location where we want it locally. Well, followed, no. For, so it's colon the remote location space the local location. Yeah, that's what I said or meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> okay, the latter is true. I'm not sure about the former. <laughs> All right, you give me that one. Okay, so now I'm copying it. I just wanted to do one of them without looking to see if I was yes, really getting the, the gist of it. I'm probably going to mess up the ats and colons a little bit. You can tell that, but okay. So now I should be able to see the uh, this SCP underscore folder should show up on this side. Yes, in the from remote folder. And it there should contain it two text files. Let's see. And it does. Look at that. Excellent. So we have now moved a file each way. We've moved all files that match a certain type in one way. And we have moved a whole folder. So really, that kind of covers it all. So we we find before about why minus R means recursive, but sometimes it's capital minus R. Yeah, it just depends on how old the command is. So the really, really old stuff that's been around since the 70s, so your chmod, your chown, those are capital R. Oh. And all the rest is... So like you know, LS has been here since uh, Jack died. LS is ancient Dallas. as well, so it's capital or as well. Yeah, the modern stuff tends to avoid capitals. But secure Basically, copy. It, yeah, but secure copy is new. SSH is new because it's replacing FTP and Telnet, hmm. which are of the generation of all of the old Berkeley Unix stuff. That will actually help me remember because I can remember that before we knew there was evil in the world, we didn't have secure FTP and all that, right? I believe there used to be something called RCP, which is remote copy which I think might be the precursor to SCP, but don't quote me on that. Okay, I don't ruin my way of remembering. <laughs> no, no, perfect, yes, remember that way. So the next command I want to teach you is, in my opinion, one of the best commands in this entire series. Okay. 
This is the or sync command. And this is useful both locally and across the network. It, even if you never let it near the network, it's still very useful. So the or sync command is a way of intelligently keeping two folders, the, making two folders be the same. And when I say intelligently, what I mean is if the two files are the same on both ends anyway, it will not send them across the network. So that means that if you have an entire hard disk you want to clone, but you only changed one file this week, when you or sync it, only one file will get copied. Whereas if you were to use a copy command, it would take forever. So you could never. Applications like um, SuperDuper and and Carbon Copy Cloner are they just using rsync under the hood? When you tell them I can't, only I can't get changes, promise you for sure that each each of those specifically named ones are, but most backup apps are. Yes, okay. that is basically what they are. They are GUIs to rsync, and depending on the quality of the app, some of them are only GUIs to rsync locally. Some of them are GUIs to rsync over the network as well. So some of them can only work locally. Some of them can work across the network. Hmm. But the or sync command is happy to do work locally or it's happy to work remotely. It's perfectly I think, happy. I think Chronosync in particular is using R sync. I think that one we do know. I believe you're correct. Okay. Um, OS 10, being a Unixy Linuxy thing, has R sync built in. So we have it for free on our terminals. Mm-hmm. I use it all the time to back stuff up. It is supremely useful. At its simplest level, it's basically or sync space source folder space destination folder. Okay. But it's not that simple. Uh. It's not much more complicated, but it's a little more complicated. So in order to make it behave in a sane and sensible way for making backups, we always have to use three flags. Well, we have to use two of them, and one of them is just a good idea. So the command I would like everyone to commit to memory is orsync space minus av space minus minus delete space source space destination. If you just remember that, you're golden. That is probably the single most useful command you're going to get in this entire series. And you're going to tell us AV and yeah. delete means, right? Okay, so the minus A flag tells OrSync to go into archive mode, which you can read as a synonym for backup mode. It will preserve permissions if you put it in that mode. So the ownership will stay the same, the file permissions will stay the same. If it meets a, a sim link, it won't follow the link and copy the destination. It will copy over the link, which, which is, is exactly what you want from a backup. Right, because the thing you're backing up is the link, not the des- not the original. Exactly. So it will behave in a way that makes it a coherent backup. So that's what the minus A flag does. So if you did not have it do the minus A flag, it would go find the real file and move it over, which might be some yes. giant file that you didn't need moved. Well, it gets even worse on OS X because the desktop contains links to, to the system drive, which contains the desktop, which contains links to the system drive. Uh, <laughs> so get really good at that minus A one. You sold me on that. Yep. The minus V is the optional one. The minus V means verbose, and what it will do is it will print out what it's doing as it's doing it. Otherwise, it's completely silent, and it, I find that really disconcerting. I want to know what's being moved. Or, sorry, copied. I guess so, if, if you wrote it into a script, you might want, not want that. No, I have it in my scripts. So I have happening. So I use this every night at four o'clock in the morning. My Mac reaches out to the internet, grabs my web server, or syncs it down, and sends me an email with the with the output. Hmm. And so you read I that every morning. Yeah. So every morning, the first thing I see in my email is an email from Cron telling me how my backup went, and the hmm. minus V means I can actually see what it did. Hmm. Okay. So I always use a minus V. The minus minus delete looks scary as all be Jesus. Yeah, I don't like it. What, okay, what it means is that if a file has been removed from the source, it should also be removed from the destination. 
Ah, that is one of the things you can set in Chronosync. Yes, That's, which means basically leave mark. this flag off. Yeah. The problem is if you don't put the minus minus deleted, your destination folder will grow forever, even though your source folder may not be getting any bigger and you may well run out of space. Okay. You may also be deleting a file because you want it gone. You may have typed in a password into a text file temporarily and you do not want it to be kept forever. So... But then again, there might be a lot of cases where people do want that. I mean, you're you're the king of I want um, uh, deletions and changes to be saved forever in, in uh, all that no save as nonsense we always argue about. So somebody might want the deleted files to stay there to save they yourself. Might, but I, I would say, unless you have a... I would, I, the reason I tell people that the default is this and then explain what each option does is so that you only leave it off in an intelligent way. So anyone who knows enough to make a decision to leave it off, leave it off. But don't leave it off by default. Leave it off because you thought about it. Uh, Does that make sense? No, no, because I would think most people would want more protection from their own stupidity of deleting stuff. Okay, but I've said that the point of Orsync is to make two folders be the same. If you don't put in the minus minus delete, it doesn't do that. Yeah, okay. All right, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay. But now we've argued it enough that people remember that if you put minus minus delete. Why is it minus minus? Because minus D was taken by debug. <laughs> but minus delete is not the same as minus D. Well, no, because, it, okay, so the way it works is if it's a single minus, it's a single letter comes after it. If it's a double minus, it's a word. So oh. minus D gone, they had to go for minus minus delete. As soon as you hit minus D, it'd go into debug and wouldn't get to the E. Exactly. Ah. Yes, that's it, exactly. Because minus AV, remember, it's not minus A minus V, it's minus AV. So if you had a minus DE, it would be interpreted as minus D minus E. Okay. Because you can cuddle. That's called cuddling, by the way, which I think is eternally cute. That's adorable. We have cuddled (laughs) the A and the V flags. I'm just going to think antivirus every time I see it, though, but they're cuddling antiviruses now. Yes. Now, I now need to tell you that there is one weird thing. It's not weird, but it's important. So... When you're specifying, okay, so orsync minus av minus minus delete source destination. The source folder, orsync is very attentive. The, right, normally in everything else we've done, the copy commands, everything else, whether or not you put a slash on the end of a folder name doesn't matter. Yes? Okay. It does with orsync because orsync behaves differently when the slash is there or not there. If the slash is not there, it treats the entire folder as a file. And so it will create a new folder in the destination with the name of the source and then copy all its content. If you put the slash in, it will copy the content of the source into the destination. So if you want the two folders to look the same when you're finished, put the slash in. Well, wait a minute. Well, how does the source folder get created in the first place the first time you run it then? Okay, the source is what you're backing up, so it exists. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the destination folder. Uh, well, you'll probably have made it. You'll probably say, make me a directory called no, no, my no. nightly backup. No, but let me say I, I, I've got, uh, within my nightly backup, I've got five folders. How are those ever going to get created if I, if I put the slash in? Well, if you put the slash in, what will get created in, in your my nightly backup is whatever exists at the source. So if the source contains a folder called my files and another folder called music, then the destination will create a, get a file, get a folder called my files. Imagine you're backing up your so, documents folder. Okay. So let's give a concrete example. Okay. If you put the slash in, okay, so you're backing up your documents folder to your thumb drive. And on your thumb drive, you've made a folder called backups. Mm-hmm. If you put the slash in, 
backups will contain the content of documents. If you leave the slash out, backups will contain a folder called documents. Aren't those the... Oh, one is documents and one is what's in documents. Exactly. That's I want, But I want documents. So then which, you, in that case, if your brain works that way, you leave the slashes out. My brain works the other way. I'd create a folder called documents backup and I'd want it to contain the contents. Now I can't I put it in, you which. can leave it out. Doesn't matter. The point being, make a decision because OrSync will do one or the other depending on whether you put that slash in or not. It, basically, okay. the point is it matters. It changes the behavior. Whatever okay. behavior I'm going to have to refer fine. to this anyway, so I guess I, I, I don't have a way to trigger right. whether to I was going to say, it's in the first bit of the man page without having to scroll very far, and I check it every single time I do an <laughs> <Okay>. OSIC. <laughs> okay, right, it is in the man page, and I check it every time because I tie myself in knots. Now, so far we've talked about going locally. OrSync is old, and therefore you might expect it to be insecure. And it used to be insecure. So there is a protocol that OrSync can use to go straight across the internet without any help. And it'll do so completely in plain text with no encryption and share all the files with the world. But a, a feature was added to allow you to specify an external provider of network connections. And the flag for it is minus E. And it works with SSH. So minus E SSH brings OrSync into the 21st century. I don't understand what the command would look like when you do that. What do okay, you so it would look exact. Okay, so after the minus minus delete, you would put space minus e space ssh, then your source and then your destination. Hmm. Oh, okay. Just fling it on in there. Just fling it on in there. Okay. And just like with SCP, either the source or the destination or both can be remote, and the syntax is exactly the same. If it's remote, it's user at computer colon. So what is actually traveling over the internet is, is so if I do an rsync between one mm-hmm. Mac and another one, uh, I'm on mm-hmm. my local network, but let's say I've got a folder with five files in it. Mm-hmm. Is it taking file one, encrypting it, sending it over, looking to see, decrypting it, seeing if it looks the same, then going back, getting file two, encrypting it, sending it over, looking at it? How is it? Ah, okay. So rsync needs to be installed on both ends, which if you're using Macs is fine. If you're using Linux, it's probably fine, but you may have to do a yum install rsync. So what actually happens is the two rsyncs talk to each other and they say, here's the list of all the files I have. What do you have? And they send back the list and they can compare and say, so you have a file called myfile.txt and it was last edited last Tuesday. I have a file called myfile.txt. It was last edited last Tuesday. Mine's 4K, so is yours. We'll leave that one alone. So they're not looking at the file. But you, so they're you, you said it was encrypted, though. What what is encrypted? Right. Is oh, all the chatter, everything that everything that the protocol does. Oh, the is encrypted. chatter, not the files themselves. Right. The transmission is the the communication is encrypted. So the files okay. go into the pipe on one end, get encrypted while they go through the network and come out unencrypted. Got you. Got you. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, so it not is the file. The file itself isn't getting encrypted unless it gets copied. And, and even then, it's only encrypted while it's flying through the network. Hmm. Okay. Right? So it's, it is... It's I mean, like if it was a three gigabyte file, that would take a while. Okay, but it would only ever get transferred once, and then if you never edited that file again, you could resync that folder a thousand times, okay. and that three gigs would never get sent again. Right, right, right. Got it. Okay. So we're going to see all this in action because I've created you some dummy files. Good. 
Now, uh, there is another flag that I'm going to tell you about that is that is going to save you pulling your hair out. So it is scary to issue an oarsync command, especially with, um, with a flag called minus minus delete looking mm-hmm. at your face. If you include the N flag, which I sort of interpret as not really, is how I remember it, <laughs> what it will do is it will print out everything it would do, but actually do nothing. Okay. So it's a dry run. It's a test run. Okay. So we are going to, on the remote computer, I, so, okay, let me get my head straight. Just let me read my own example here. So a very normal use case, which is the use case I'm going to use for our example, is that you have a good internet connection at home and you have a web server that's running a website or two, in my case, quite a few. And you would like your computer to reach out to your web server from your house pull a backup down to your house. And the reason you do it that way is that if someone hacks your web server, you don't want a backup pushed from a web server because then the hackers can reach your backup. You want it exactly the opposite way around. You want a backup pulled from a server. I would actually like this. That is an example I, I would like. Could. I used to yeah, have a tool I, that would send it to me and it stopped working. So all my okay, backups well, are sitting on the server where the problem's going to happen. When we're finished here today, you will have all of the tools to have your Mac Mini reach in every night and do a backup of Podfeed. Okay. So the reason I'm constructing this example in the way I'm constructing it is that the source is remote and the target is local is because that is the most common use case in the real world. Okay. So in this case, the source is our first Mac and the destination is the other Mac, but you know it could be on the internet. Right? The remote computer could be anywhere. So we're going to say, we're going to say, so it's orsync minus AVN for not really, minus minus delete, minus ESSH. So, so far, all we said is do a backup style orsync, do it over SSH. Then we're saying that the source is user at computer colon slash TMP slash triple T31 slash orsync folder slash. Okay. So in other words, I wanted to copy the content of that folder and not the folder itself. And then we're saying the destination is slash TMP slash triple T31 slash from remote or sync backup. Okay. But it's not really going to do it because it got an AVN on there. Not do it because we've got an AVN. So when you run it, it will look like it did it, but it will have changed nothing. You'll see nothing change in the file. It's created directory, r sync backup, and file one, file two, which it did not do. Yeah. Okay. So now run exact the same command, hit the up arrow, hit control A to jump to the front of the line and take that N out. I like that control A. I know you told us that a long time ago, but I couldn't remember what it was. Okay. So here we go. Boom. Wait, be in the right window when you hit boom. Boom. There's our sync backup. Text file one, text file two. two Got it. Okay. Run it again. Okay. No files will transfer. Nothing happened. Right, because they're still in sync. There is nothing for OrSync to do. Right, right. So let's make OrSync have some work to do. Okay. Let's create a third file. Okay. So again, a copy-paste job or echoing another file into existence. Okay. The hardest part of what I'm doing is not the technical stuff. It's copying with that annoying scrolling window in uh, the web browser. I need a new blog theme. I know I need a new blog theme. Right. I've already fixed xkpasswd and subnetcalc.id, so I'm on my way. I just haven't done the really hard. <laughs> I just want to needle you that I've noticed you haven't done it yet. Because <laughs> when you do it, then you're going to teach me how to do it. Okay, so oh. uh, 
I did that. I'm ready to copy again. Can I hit it again? I mean, I okay, do an so sync again, and this time yeah. you should see it only copy the one new file. Boom. There it is. Okay. So one last thing we're going to do just to really make our sync it's keep. We're going to edit file oh, one. I'm sorry. Can I ask one more question? Um, you can. Sorry. When we did AVN, we did the not mm-hmm. really, and it showed us what it would have done. Without mm-hmm. the N, it still showed us what it did. That's yes. just a thing that rsync does. It shows you what because it does. Of the V. Ah, shoot! I knew that. I asked and answered my own. Dang it. Okay. So if I you remember left now. You would have just seen your prompt, and then it would have finished. Yeah. Which okay. is I don't like that. That's a little too secretive. <laughs> okay. So Especially now if we're going to make something wrong. Right. So now we're going to make rsync internet keep. So we're going to edit file one and delete file two. So when we're finished, we should be able to verify on our local copy that file one has changed, file two is gone, and file three is exactly like we left it. So the first command there just just append, so you'll see it's arrow arrow, so it's a append to file, not a create file. Okay. So we're just going to stick the word edited on the end of file one. All right. Let me get and then we're going to do an ORM of file two on the remote I'm computer. I'm looking over, okay, the file was created 11.19 my time. So paste that, and now the time has been, it just got modified at 11.46. Good. Okay. And okay. the second one, we're going to remove. File two. All right, and when I can get the cursed act right. There we go. And, and file two just disappeared. Again. Okay. Okay. So now if you just open file one, you should see it says, edit it. Uh... I don't Locally. have to open it. I can see. Oh, no, I haven't R-Synced yet. Hang on. Slow oh, okay. down. So Slow down, big boy. Come ah. on. Here we go. All right, here we go. R-Sync. File 2 just disappeared. File 1 changed and modified 11.46 a.m. Yay, it works. There we go. So that's it. That's what R-Sync does. It keeps the two folders in sync. And it can do so across the network. And all the network traffic is protected from eavesdropper, eavesdroppers by the magic of SSH. SSH by and all of this without you having to enter your password. Now, for almost every command you typed so far, you would have had to enter your password if we hadn't done last oh, week's show. Wow. Now I appreciate last week. So just imagine how cranky you'd be with me if we hadn't done last week's show. <laughs> yeah. The last thing I'm going to tell you about is more useful in GUIs, but we should talk about it. Okay. And this is something called Secure FTP or SFTP. Okay. And what it is is a re-implementation of the old evil insecure FTP protocol with SSH providing security. Um, so with the SCP commands and the orsync commands, we could type the command, give a source, give a destination, hit enter, and stuff would happen. SFTP is different. When you issue the SFTP command, you will get a new prompt. It'll have an angle bracket as the prompt. That is, you have now moved into an FTP command shell. And you now have to start talking FTP to make it go, which is why I say GUIs are much nicer because they can do all that behind the scenes. Okay. Uh, the, good, the thing we need to stress is that if you have a nice, S, a nice FTP GUI like Transmit, when you use to secure the SFTP protocol in Transmit, it can use those SSH keys we made last week. It's not obvious that it can, but it can. Uh, So if you see the password field in transmit, if you see next to it, there's a key icon. I hit that accidentally the other day and went, oh, look at that. Choose a custom SSH key file to be used with this connection. 
Right. Or if you hover over it, it says keys in tilde slash dot SSH are used automatically. In other words, if you have a key like we created last week, it will just use it automatically. So all I do is hit that, and then it's going to know my keys that I have on this Mac. You don't even have to hit it. Just don't enter a password. And if the keys are set up, it'll work. What? So in other words... No, you, it needs okay, my password to get into the server. No, not if you have key, not if you have the key set up. So you know the way you have it set up now to go to your Mac, to your iMac? You could use Transmit to connect to your iMac and never type the password. Oh, I thought you meant to my, to my web host. I was going, okay, what? We, yeah, but if we put the key, if you did an SSH copy ID and put the key yeah. in your web host... My then point was we'd never done that. <laughs> my yes, point okay. was we'd never done that. I'm going, okay, that's magic now. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. That would be dangerous magic. Oh, so I could use Transmit to talk to my uh, Mac Mini downstairs. You could, and it wouldn't ask you for a password, which oh, is great. Cool. Okay. Uh, I am going to, if, you, if you're amenable, if you think we have about five, ten minutes, then mm. we can quickly walk through an FTP shell. It's not difficult. Sure, we shouldn't wait till next week on that? Uh, is it a teaser, or is next week already long? Next time's? Well, next time, no. No, we'll leave it as a teaser. That's a good idea, because next time is a slightly esoteric, and this is nice. <laughs> I, I do also like a little bit of rewind and catch up, so that'll force okay, you to give us perfect. a little teeny bit of rewind. Because uh, I'm going to finish on what is down there as a postscript. So okay. what we've done today is we've issued SSH commands to create those dummy files. We've used SCP to copy files. We've used OrSync to synchronize folders. I mentioned I have a server backup script that uses all these technologies. And I've made that backup script open source because I knew we'd be talking about it here. So I thought now is the time to make it open source. So it's on my GitHub page. And so if you're interested in doing this, backup.pl is the name of the GitHub project. The documentation and the code are there. Have a poke. Nice. What kind of, what license do you have it under? Uh, The most permissive one, which is the BSD style. Okay, cool. Very nice. That lets you, you can have it, modify it, and you don't have to distribute yours in the same way you distributed it, correct? Correct. You can then distribute it inside a commercial app if you, for some strange reason, wanted to. Look at, me, you know, look at me knowing my, my licenses. The only condition is you can't take my copyright line out. You can't, <laughs> you can't pretend you didn't get it from me. That's there it. you go. So it's attribution. Yeah. Okay. Very cool, Bart. This was really fun. I'm glad we waited for a week when I could concentrate too. <laughs> Just imagine doing this while you're jet lagged. Yeah, no, no. Wouldn't, I'd be going, what? Like I did last week. I believe that was one of my lines. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I even heard it. I was like, what? <laughs> All right. Very, very cool. Well, uh, I'm not sure when we're going to post the next one, probably in two weeks. Uh, and then we'll have two Barts back to back. It's going to get very confusing because we threw an extra Bart in because it's just that much fun. It is, but what's really confusing for us is that we're recording next the next one for two weeks tomorrow. <laughs> Time travel! <laughs> Indeed, which is great, because it's all fresh in my mind. I wrote the two shows back-to-back. They'll just flow nicely. Sounds great. Okay, well, until next time, whenever that is. My head hurts. Bye. Wait, you can't hit us with bye? Okay, until next time, happy computing. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Taming the Terminal. Remember that all of the information you've been hearing is available as text tutorials at bartb.ie slash ttt. If you'd like to contact us, you can write to allison at podfeet.com or podcasting at bartafisser.net. <laughs>